the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbook. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And today we've got our NFL player projections podcast for week number 14. We're going to run through our top five players at each skill position, discuss players who are especially high and low on this week, and of course, throw out a player prop for each position. Here to break it down with me, one of the top rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Hanging in there, but uh, doing good. How about you? Yeah, same here. Hanging in there. Uh, this is uh, this is a packed week. We got, what, yeah. 30? Just got through projecting 30 teams. <laughs> yeah. So we right. haven't had to do that for uh, for a couple, for a while. There's, um, uh, Cardinals and Commanders are on by. This, yep. They're the last teams on by, right? So. Well, the two uh, teams at the opposite end of the alphabet. The Cardinals are the first <laughs> team in my spreadsheet. And, <laughs> and Very convenient. The last. So, yeah. I wonder <laughs> if that was intentional by the uh, schedule makers. But, yeah. yeah, we got everyone else. We got some quarterback injuries we got to get to. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah. it's a lot going on this week. So let's get right into it. Start with QB. Who do you have in your top five for week number 14? Uh, pretty typical. Uh, I got Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Yep. Uh, Hurts, Prescott, Mahomes, Jackson Allen. That's that, there we so, go. Oh, I, Same I don't five. think we've exact matched in a while. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I might. I, I I feel like as I tw- tinker, I might have to flip um, Prescott and Hurts though because Prescott, oh. you know, is it, like Dallas since the buy. I think they're playing a little different, and so once I kind of adjust yeah. for that, you I, mean I might throwing more? Them. <laughs> yeah, they're throwing more yeah. downs. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks getting him a lot more involved. Uh, you know, not putting Gallup on the field as much, kind of splitting the reps with Tolbert. Yeah. I really like what they've done. Since the yep. they just, I mean, they just look unstoppable right now. And it's, this Eagle defense has proven it is not in top form right now. Correct. It may, may just not be all year because, I mean, you know, they got they got guys healthy and uh, they're still getting torched by good teams. So, yeah. Uh, who do you got? Who are you high on? Uh, so assuming Derek Carr, uh, ends up missing this week, I'm high on Jameis Winston. Um, I have him as my QB 16 right now, which puts him in play for, you know, the streaming discussion this week. Uh, it's a great matchup against the Panthers too. I mean, there, there is some risk, um, you know, his upside is going to be capped in what should be a more, you know, run heavy leading game script. Uh, but I still think Winston could make a few big plays, um, potentially has, you know, a multi-touchdown game here. He has plenty of weapons at his disposal, and uh, it'll be even better if Rashid Shahid can return this week. Um, So I I always love Winston whenever he's starting, but I I think he could be an upgrade over Carr. So if if he does start, he has a good game, there's a chance, you know, he gets another start after that, even once Carr's healthy. So if you're really hurting a quarterback, um, you can stash him this week and you might get more than one week out of him. But I do like his upside here uh, against the Panthers. Yeah, uh, I mean, what a surprise! Derek Carr struggling. What a surprise! First year yeah, of a new offense. Who would have that? Hmm. Dennis Allen struggling. What a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Like it's it, he's definitely he's my QB fifteen. So yeah, I'm actually oh, uh, a little bit higher. Than me. Little bit higher. Nice. Um, but yeah, assuming. Derek Carr misses. I think it, it's a. It, there's a lot of bad spots this week, just because it's a lot of weather, a lot of backups, and then you know <laughs> tough matchups. So, yeah. uh, you know, getting this Carolina team indoors for Jameis, uh, definitely not the worst. Yeah. Not the worst thing. Uh, I am high on Jake Browning against the Indianapolis Colts. He's the ECR QB twenty. He is my QB 13, and 
listen, there's going to be weather throughout the league, so that is something to pay attention to, especially when you're looking for a streaming quarterback. But at this point, you know, Jake Browning going up against a uh, pretty mediocre Indianapolis Colts defense with his full complement of weapons, Chase, Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Mixon played well on, on Monday night. Chase Brown got involved in the in a run game. So, like, that offense looks better. Um, he And he's throwing he's throwing a lot of short passes for the most part. I think he completed 32 of 37 against yeah. the Jaguars. And Jaguars were a top-five defense by DVOA entering that Monday night game. So it was impressive. And, you know, I think he's a guy we have to pay attention to now because, you know, he showed promise. You know, the, the eye test didn't look terrible. And the numbers didn't even look terrible. But that, like, a lot of it was hard to – it's a handicap because I think he had, what, three deflections against Pittsburgh that mm-hmm. ended up in the hands of Jamar Chase instead of the defense. And then he also throw, threw a really bad interception in the red zone against Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, it seems like he kind of took, you know, looked at the film, made some adjustments, and, and came out firing against a really good defense uh, and played really well. So, uh, you know, he can run a little bit. He's got a he's got yep. great weapons. Uh, the only thing is the weather could be a factor we're looking at you know winds in the double digits, and uh, there is a chance of rain as well as we record this on Tuesday. So monitor that, but um, that's true of pretty much half the league, and so that just kind of brings you back here to Jake Browning. So I have him QB thirteen. I think he's another guy that's kind of in that in that streamer discussion as well. Yeah, he's my QB fourteen. You you mentioned that he does have rushing upside too. Um, he hasn't really needed to tap into that as much, but yeah, I wish. You know, this Jake Browning showed up when I had them plus two and a half against the Steelers. But, <laughs> I mean, he looked really good last night. It was, I think it was a Tanner Hudson uh, completion where it looked like he was open, but he had to put some nice touch on it, like over a linebacker and lead him. And it was just a perfect throw. He had so many throws that he looked like a seasoned vet. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, he's looking good. He has one of the best wide receiver groups in the league. So, He's definitely in that streamer discussion this week, and we'll, we'll have to check the weather. But right now, he's right there on that cusp for me. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen this, like, time and time again, especially this year, where even if these guys ultimately fizzle out, these these backup mm-hmm. quarterbacks can have can put together a, you know, two, three, four-game stretch. You know, we saw Josh Dobbs do it. Uh, Brown, even DeVito, you know, has kind of come yep. alive a little bit. Um, and then also guys are just improving. Like, we've seen Jordan Love you know, really start to improve. So definitely a guy uh, to monitor and who knows, I mean, he could, you know, the Bengals aren't, you know, their, their matchups down the stretch, you know, they have to win every game. So they're going to be mm-hmm. firing. They're not going to just kind of come out and, 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 and bullshit and, you know, try to run <laughs> the ball. Like they're going to have to play to win from here on out. Everything's a yep. must win for them. So, you know, maybe this is a league winner, who knows, but definitely Ooh. have to uh, monitor him. And yeah, if, uh, you're on the if you if you need a streamer, uh, not the worst option. But who you want? Uh, unfortunately, it's C.J. Stroud. Um, you know he's my QB thirteen open the week. This is just a tough matchup against the Jets. Uh, and to make matters worse, you know uh, our boy Tank Dell just had that <sighs> devastating poor injury, out. likely season ending. Yeah, poor one out for Tank Dell. Uh, he also might be without Dalton Schultzkin. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, so it, it's a game where you know the Texans might not have to put up many points either to win this game. They, they can lean on the run game. Their defense is looking a lot better. Uh, this is another game where there could be some potential uh, ugly weather. Um, so he opens up my week as my QB 13. Uh, so he's on the sit-start fringe. Obviously, if you have him, you're probably going to play him because, watch, he'll still end up with 300 yards and four touchdowns somehow because he's so freaking good. But uh, just at least the underlying factors, it's not looking good for him to open the week. Um, so that's why I'm just a tad lower on him than usual here. Oh, no, definitely. I think that's that's perfectly warranted here um, against a good Jet defense. And, you know, Tank Dell, you know, the, the kind of ripple effect of that, you know, we'll have to see because it, some of his l- lowest yardage games have been the ones Tank Dell has missed this year. So, um, yeah, it's it, it could definitely be an issue because now you, the defense gets to put, you know, pay more attention to Nico Collins and with Dalton Schultz out, you know, it's, you can kind of load up on Nico Collins and, and you can even start paying some attention to Noah Brown. And, and now you're leaving it up to like, like Robert Woods and, uh, and John Mechie, who I don't, you know, I don't know if they're obviously not at the same level. Uh, no one really was as Dell, except yeah. you know, Nico was kind of there too, but yeah. So this could, 
this could really kind of knock down his numbers a little bit. I'm sure he, like they can, this is a winnable game for them, but yeah, I don't know if he has to put up his usual, you know, 300 to do it. So uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, I am low on Jared Goff this week. He's my QB 16. He's the QB 12 in consensus. And another guy who, you know, most weeks, He's kind of a, he's a guy you're not really thinking too hard about starting, Um, you know, good Detroit offense, usually playing indoors, but this week they're playing outdoors in a division game. So you have to be, you have to temper expectations a little this year, Goff 8.1 yards an attempt indoor, 6.9 outdoor, 2.3 total touchdowns per game indoors, just one total touchdown per game outdoors and for his career we've seen the the same thing you know with Detroit you know dating back to 2021 indoors 68 percent completion percentage outdoors 64 indoors 7.4 yards in attempt indoor 6.9 so he loses a half a yard per attempt uh when he goes outdoors and then his touchdown rate here he gets cut in half 5.3 percent indoors 2.8 percent outdoors and this is you know a two over two and a half year sample here. So it's a pretty large sample. Uh, and you could go back and look at his Rams numbers and it's the same story, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, also worth noting that this total of 41 for the lions in this bears game, that's the lowest of the year for Detroit. So um, right now we're seeing like just under a 40% chance of rain in the forecast winds around 20 miles per hour, just not uh, ideal passing conditions. And again, this is, kind of the story around a lot of the outdoor games uh, this week throughout the league. So, but Goff seems to get affected more than most quarterbacks. And you also have, you know, division game. You sort of bears held the, the Vikings to, what was it? 10 points uh, a couple of weeks ago that their defense playing a little better, especially with Montez sweat. So uh, Jared Goff on that, on that kind of fringe for me this week, deep, deeper league start only. Yeah, yeah, I have my QB 18. I'm even lower than Ooh, you, but yeah, I'm already man. factoring that weather. And the, like you said, the low team total, uh, that'll do it for someone like Goff. All right, for the prop, uh, I went uh, I went 2-0 and o last week. You went 1-1. One and one. Um, Let's go. <laughs> let's go uh, CJ Stroud. I, I think this is a oh. really interesting one because not only do you have a very strong Jets pass defense, not only do you have potential – inclement weather in MetLife Stadium, but you also, as we just talked about, you have no tank Dell, uh, and you may be missing your tight end as well. So Stroud, I think it's he's he's gonna have gone the whole year now really never having his top four receivers healthy uh yeah. at the same time. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Uh so passing yards against the Jets, I'm gonna go with two hundred forty four and a half. Ooh. A little bit higher than me. Um, initially, I had like 240, but factoring in the weather and stuff, uh, I went 232 and a half. So I'm going to have to go under. Ooh, okay. Uh, I still have it in the, in the high 240s. So um, Yeah. Uh, but... Fading uh, CJ Stroud this year has not been a profitable endeavor. So right. <laughs> uh, I'm really going against that here. But all, all the factors lead to him not having to throw as much here. So I'll take the under, but I don't like it. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by Bet. MGM use bonus code action when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's go to running back. Who you got in top five? All right, let's see. Uh, I got Christian McCaffrey. No surprise there. Uh, then Zach Moss, Devon Achan, Alvin Kamara, and Josh Jacobs. I got uh, McCaffrey, Moss, Kamara, Eckler, Jacobs. Uh, Achan has been a tough one to project because yeah. <laughs> he had, I think, like five touches in the first half of that of that game uh, against Washington, and then got like all of the touches in the second half, but they were up twenty four. So you know, I don't know. I'm kind of projecting a 50-50 split until yeah. maybe dig in and see if there's any uh, way to project it better. But um, it, it's really tough with him. But I initially did have him third when I just used his straight-up usage from last week. But then I, I knocked it down a little just because right. um, 
he he really didn't play as much in the first half. But yeah, I feel you. I mean, he could Ron Achan with ten touches could could be the RB. Yeah, and it's a tough matchup (laughs) against the Titans. Yeah, but no Jeffrey Uh, Simmons, no Jeffrey Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's massive. That's massive. And either way, you know, an explosive run for him uh, can make up for that. For the selling point for me was uh, just his receiving usage. I always thought of him as like a pass catching back. Um, so 64% routes yep. run rate. Uh, that's, that's why I think he's so high for me. Um, I, I do agree. I think it's more of a 50, 50 split on early downs, but, um, man, yeah, his efficiency, his underlying efficiency, uh, is just too good right now. Yeah. I'll probably end up back with him in my top five. Cause it's just, it's just fun. And like, he's a guy, <laughs> yeah. he's hard to, it's hard for him to disappoint. Um, yeah. Join me. The water is warm over here. Yeah. No, I literally five. had him number three. And then I was like, oh, oh no. Cause I, I, I kind of, when I start my process, you know, for everyone yeah. out there that, you know, I kind of, for, for a guy who like just returned like HN and yeah. yeah, he's been out a few weeks. You kind of just, okay, let's see what they did last week. Kind of use that as the baseline. And yeah, he was my RB three. And then I started looking into, you know, the splits and I was like, oh man, well, he only had like <laughs> four, five, like nine scrimmage yards at the half on five touches or something. Yeah. So I'll pro- like, actually, to be fair, I'll probably be closer to you or like, mm. we'll probably meet in the middle. Um, Cause like I said, I just like to let it ride on Tuesday morning. Uh, that's you. how we get like Ramondre Stevenson RB one. Although I think I left it there last year, but I like to have fun with it. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably tone it down a little bit because uh, I didn't realize he didn't see as much work in the first half, but either way, love him this week. Yeah, he's already nine, forward, so it's not like I'm not okay. too far, not too far. Yeah, right. who are you high on? Uh, Joe Mixon, just because I want to talk about him. Um, mm-hmm. He's my RB twelve, uh, and he's had some concerning usage over the past few weeks, um, which is it's not ideal considering uh, he's not efficient enough to afford any sort of running back by committee here. So, um, you know, last night on Monday Night Football. We saw Chase Brown eat into his early down work uh, mm-hmm. and looked really good doing it. I, I thought he was kind of a, a sneaky rookie back this year. Hasn't seen much work. Looked really good doing it. Nine carries, 61 yards. So he could, you know, continue to eat into that uh, usage. But Mixon still had a really good game on the ground. 19 carries for 68 yards, two touchdowns. He's still, you know, the goal line back. Uh, and just with Jake Browning playing at a high level, uh, you know, we're both high on him this week. If he can keep that up, that's going to allow Mixon to thrive as if, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow is still under center. Um, and, you know, Trevion Williams had been eating into his, you know, passing down usage uh, recently. But last night, Mixon had a season-high route participation uh, yeah. and went off for six catches, 49 yards. Uh, Jags play a ton of zone, and that's where Mixon thrives as a pass catcher. Uh, and now he's facing a Colts team that plays zone at the highest rate in the league. So I think he'll get there uh, with re- receiving usage. He'll still see plenty of work on the ground including goal line carries. So even if this trend of Chase Brown seeing more touches uh, on early downs continues, I think Mexican will still be, you know, a low end RB one this week. So it's been very conflicting thoughts and, you know, things to look at with Mixon. But as of now, I think we could trust him as a low end RB one here. Yeah. I think what happened was you saw a kind of shifting of the roles last uh, on Monday night. It used to be, you know, Mixon was, getting uh you know most of the early down work and then they would try to find someone to to, to moonlight on third down it's kind of like p ryan during that super bowl year where p ryan wasn't playing mm-hmm. a ton uh most weeks but he was coming in on a lot of passing downs but then now it looks like they switched it up a little bit and they said okay it let's let's kind of rest give mixing his rest on early downs and it was like a two to one split mixing the brown on early downs but then as you mentioned uh, Mixon getting pretty much all the passing down work uh, because and, and Travion William kind of demoted to third string. And, you know, I guess they don't really trust Brown in the passing game as much. So uh, as long as that continues, which it probably will because Brown showed well in the run game, I, I think that'll continue. I think you'll see Mixon, his carry share, take a little bit of a hit. But as you mentioned, I think his route participation will be, you know, yeah. in the, you know, 65 to 75% range, whereas for the season, it's been in that more like 50, 50 to 60% range. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that that's because they, they uh, Taylor did mention they want to kind of figure out how to get the running game going. And, and Brown did help in that air, in that aspect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I would expect kind of this is a situation where I would kind of expect similar you know usage to last week uh like to the to just the last week versus the entire season i think we saw yeah, kind of look, a switch switching of the guard yeah looking at my rookie notes i had uh my comp for 
Chase Brown, a beefed up Philip Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I think about him. I think he's got some pop, and he's, he's pretty big, two hundred fifteen pound back. So he's got some explosiveness. So I wasn't shocked to see him thrive when he finally got a shot last night. Yeah, it was it was a. I mean, the, what the Bengals offense did. I mean, that Jags defense was number one in, in DVOA yeah. against the run coming in, uh, top five in defense overall. Uh, and I mean, the, the Bengals have made success on the look, air, uh, in the ground and through the year. Yeah. With a back. No, just solid coaching plan, like just all around. Great, great game plan by the Bengals. Yeah. And I think Jack, Zach Taylor was previously, I think it was like four and 20 on the road without Burrow or something. Or no, four and 20 oh. uh, straight up overall without Burrow or something. So yeah, it was just everything you would expect just did not happen. <laughs> right. um, but no, uh, promising for the, the Bengals. Um, I'm high on Ezekiel Elliott. It sounds disgusting, uh, but he's the uh, RB29 in consensus. He's my RB17, uh, and he might actually get a little higher if you know. Right now, he's still pr- he's been limited in practice, so I yeah. usually dock a, just a couple of uh, percent of efficiency when when a guy is limited and you know doesn't get upgraded to full. Which so we'll see. Uh, recording this Tuesday, um, they got a couple more practices uh, before the Thursday night game, but. Ramondre Stevenson is almost uh, certain to miss here. Mm-hmm. And Zeke played 70% of the snaps uh, in that last game against the Chargers, 94% of the non-Stevenson snaps. So I think it was, uh, I think Ty Montgomery, who's been playing mostly receiver, uh, played three snaps of running back, and that was it. Zeke had, you know, 40-odd snaps. Uh, beyond that, he had 21 touches. And I do expect Jamichael Hasty to be mm-hmm. active in this game. You know, so... Uh, right now, I'm projecting Zeke to play um, to kind of seed the third down passing game work to to some combination of Montgomery yeah. and Hasty. But I still expect Zeke to get almost all of the early down carries. Uh, so I'm still projecting Zeke for you know above 15 touches uh, in this game. Pittsburgh has been somewhat of a run funnel defense, 15th in DVOA against the run, but sixth against the pass and with this Patriot team we've seen it with Ramondre and we saw it with Zeke even in the, against the Chargers they scored no points but Zeke still had uh what was it 17 carries and then he also caught four balls for 40 yards so uh the Patriots there was all there's like most of their receivers are banged up. I think Parker was limited in practice, Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schuster got a knee injury, uh Pop Douglas still uh, is it's in been a disaster. Yeah, Boutte, Keishon Boutte, is, uh, he was hurt last, missed last game. Taekwon Thornton is like on a milk carton, even though he's on the field. It's it's rough. It's rough. But he's what happened with Mike Gesicki? I mean, not that it matters. They're, but they're, what... They've like uh, they've dialed his rollback because Farrell Brown is a better run blocker. And again, <laughs> they just need to uh... run their offense through running backs at this point. Yeah. Like it's, they yeah. have no choice. So... Um. Yeah, you know, Gasecki's not really seeing the field as much because we know, as you pointed out, I think heading into what was it last year when people were still pretty high on him, uh, this yep. dude can't run block, and so you know, <laughs> eventually he's going to get taken off the field. And we saw yep. this with Jonu Smith too, where, and I'm not saying Jonu Smith is a, a anywhere as near as bad a run blocker as Gasecki, mm-hmm. but this Patriot team is like they sign these guys a free agency who are athletic, you know, pass catching tight ends, and then. They remember that they have no passer, and, yeah. and then they they like, oh, I guess I got to bench him. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, no, but that yeah, like that just um, we digress. But yeah, Zeke Elliott, I think he's going to get a ton of volume. There's a chance he sees ninety four percent of the non Stevenson snaps again. I mean, the fact that they acquired Hasty and then you know healthy scratched him like what two or three weeks in a row, and Montgomery. Yeah is technically a running back, but they have him playing receiver the whole year until now. So um, there's a chance you could get like a hundred, like a 90 to a hundred percent snap rate <laughs> for Zeke Elliott in, in a game where they should be able to use a running back. I mean, the total yeah. is 30, 30. This, this is like, have we <laughs> seen lower weather. totals in this year? Like, I don't remember ever no. seeing like multiple games below 30, seven even and now we've gotten you know we're going below 34 for a lot of the, these last few bad so. quarterbacks yeah bad quarterbacks and uh so um yeah yeah so it's, uh, it's, he doesn't have much touchdown equity here but nope. volume is king at running back so he's a low-end rb2 he's dollar store zach moss that's who he is 
Yeah. He, and he's, he's going to see every touch. Well, maybe not every uh, yeah. receiving. And, and the Patriots, I have the Patriots projected for like, what, a half a touchdown or one touchdown for like their, their, their 12 <laughs> yeah. points that I'm pretty, yeah. so I, no, it's not, yeah, it's he's, not good. he's projected to get like half of that. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they somehow <laughs> if they, end up in a goaling situation, which is a big, if he's getting the touch there. Yeah. So may, I mean, don't it, underestimate Pittsburgh just screwing up royally. <laughs> True. Like True. this is what they do. We saw it last week against Arizona. They it's what Pittsburgh does. They win the games. They lose. They win the games they're supposed to lose, and they lose the games they're supposed yep. to. Lose. Um. But yeah, Zeke Elliott, RB two for me this week. I wouldn't be scared to uh to go there, even though it's got it's kind of a hold your nose yep. play. Uh, who you want? <laughs> uh, Travis Etienne. Yep. Um. You know, he's my RB25. ECR has him RB6. We have to not <laughs> – we can't We can't view him as uh, high-end RB1 right now because, you know, obviously the Jags pass catchers all take a massive hit uh, with Lawrence missing time. Um, but ETN as well. I mean, he, he needs the Jags offense to be good, get them in scoring position, uh, prevent the defense from stacking the box. Um, so he has a lot of things going against him. Uh Plus, you know, after seeing just that massive workload weeks one through five, I think he led the NFL in touches. Um, they've really tried to ease him up a little bit because his efficiency has taken a big hit. He's only averaging 3.3 yards a carry since then. Um, and he's been banged up. You know, he's dealing with injuries and things like that. So um, I, I just view him as a low-end RB2 here. It's a brutal matchup against, you know, the Browns. Um, so, yeah, we really have to downgrade ETN. Obviously, you're probably still playing him. Uh, but we really have to lower expectations for him going forward, and especially this week against the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's also don't forget that the guy he's been seeding touches to is Dearness Johnson, who oh boy, I is think a former Brown. Hashtag oh, revenge yep. game. <laughs> it's about to get popping. Tank Bigsby, sorry, bro. I don't know what happened to you. You shouldn't have fumbled on that. In week one or whatever. Yeah, it was, week cause... one. That's that's been it for him. <laughs> um, but since this is a projection pod, we let's talk some uh, projection logic real quick. Uh, so when you when there's like the first game of a backup quarterback for a team mm-hmm. like the Jaguars, uh, who yep. I have, you know, you, you, I think we kind of project similarly. You know, kind of look at pass rate over expected. Uh, and the Jaguars are pretty close to league average, maybe like a percent or two above. Um, like, is there like how are you adjusting their pass rate for the backup quarterback? Like, do do you yeah. just leave it at the team level, or do you like knock it down at all? Do you use like pass data, or what? What do you do there? Oh yeah, no, I'm absolutely adjusting it. Um, I think that in a neutral game script, they're definitely going to want to be more run heavy now. Um, and we're assuming it's CJ Beathard, right? There's a chance yep, yep. Nathan Rourke could start, though. I, I don't know. But either way, the Jags will definitely want to be more run heavy. But um, it, it's more likely that they do get into a trailing game yep. script. Now, you know, the Browns, who knows there? But um, the the fact that, what are they right now? Uh, Three-point dogs? I haven't yeah, looked at the yeah, so updated line. You know, it's like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm asking because, you know, yeah. actually, no, it's like one and a half. It's, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's. Yeah, the Browns. Okay. It's because you know you're, you're you're talking about backup quarterbacks on both sides. Yeah, um, but that's why I asked because I mean it's still projected to be a fairly neutral game script. So it, the question yeah. is, how much do you adjust Bethard's, um, you know, like their pass rate over expected with Bethard versus yeah. Lawrence? Um, I have it. I, I have it just like pro, like around league average, whereas like the, they were like a couple of points above with with, with Lawrence. But I, I was just curious because yeah, that, no, I, that I can even the, it out. Yeah, sometimes. I would say they're going to be below average in yeah. um, pass rate. But again, that's in a neutral game script. So yeah, this week maybe it is a neutral game script, and that'll help ETN. I think that if if there is more volume, they're probably going to give Dearness Johnson a little bit more work. I, I think they really are trying to limit ETN where they can. So I, I still. To get ahead of myself, this is my prop, ETN, total rushing and receiving okay. yards. So I don't want to, you know, say where I'm at necessarily <laughs> I yet. Got you, I got but, you. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think he will see plenty of volume on the ground. Maybe he'll see, you know, more dump-offs. Like, so he could see more passing work here. But the Jaguars' team total right now is 13 and a half. So it's, I for me, it's the touchdown upside. Taking a hit, that's probably the biggest blow yeah. to ETN. Uh, who's seen, you know, a ton of like short yardage touchdowns this year. 
Uh, so that's his biggest hit when it comes to fantasy. But who knows? Maybe I'm higher on you when it comes to yardage. Um, so let's go with Travis Etienne's total uh, rushing and receiving yards here. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. We got to get oh. my guy on one, one first. And we'll, oh, okay. We'll back okay. To I, I, didn't know, I didn't know if you wanted to bang it out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we'll keep it to the end just, just for okay, just, gotcha, just to keep gotcha. it consistent. But uh, real quick, uh, we'll get back to Etienne. Uh, James Cook for me, he is the mm. RB19 in consensus. He's my RB31. And this is simply, uh, you know, kind of adjusting to, you know, the new information with the new coordinator in a situation where the raw stats don't tell the story, but the percentage rate stats of how much of the of his usage do. So, you know, James Cook, in terms of his, you know, volume, he's been fine the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, with the, you know, with Ken Dorsey fired because the Bills have been running a, a lot of plays. He had, you know, uh, 20 touches in back-to-back weeks. So it looks like, if anything, he's on the rise, right? But mm-hmm. when you look at his underlying usage with Ken Dorsey, 55% snap rate, 62% of the backfield carries. Uh, without Dorsey, his snap rate drops from 55 to 45%. His percentage of the carries drops from 62 to 54, and his route participation rate with Dorsey, 49%, without 34%. So, you know, what did the Bills run, like 90 plays against Philadelphia uh, (laughs) before that bye? And then, you know, they were were possessing the ball against the Jets as well um, because, you know, it's the Jets, and the Jets can't, uh, you know, the Jets really can't hold the ball. So they only had the ball for 23 minutes. The Bills had the ball for close to 37 minutes. So you're seeing, you saw a lot of plays in back-to-back weeks. Now you're playing a Kansas City Chiefs team that, uh, you know, not only do they have an offense that in theory could hold the ball, and probably, you know, will more than usual because they're not really getting the explosive plays uh, this year, uh, Kansas City. And their defense is also uh, very good. So it's, it could, you know, if you see the Bills run closer to, you know, 60 plays instead of whatever, like 80, 90, uh, you're going to see yeah. a decrease in volume for Cook. And, you know, I think some of the reason that his snap rate was lower was because there were so many plays. You don't want to tire the guy out um, and overwork him. But um, this was kind of a, a trend, you know, for a while now. We, we saw Cook not really being treated as a true lead back, just more of like a like a 1A to Latavius Murray's 1B. And then with once Dorsey was fired, uh, they started mixing in Ty Johnson. Uh, a lot yep. more. So now you're talking about uh, a three-way running back committee. So I think Cook is really risky, especially as a road underdog. I know it's a, a small spread, but as a road underdog uh, against Kansas City, and with Buffalo having a team total of just 22 and a half, which is pretty low for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Kansas City favored by two and a half, the total 47 and a half. So it's, uh, it, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think you really have to temper expectations. If you, you know, if you, if he's, if you're in a, you know, twelve team, or you're probably still starting him as a flex. But I don't think he's an RB two this week, and that's that's where the market is is ranking him. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought Ty Johnson had way more playing time than he did. He only played twelve percent of the snaps, but it was like they always put him in there in the high leverage situations. Yep. I think it was like third and one, they gave him the ball. Um, so they obviously trust him, and there's a chance, right, that Leonard Fournette gets elevated at some point. Um, so that, that would be interesting to see how they would use him, but either way, it looks like they don't want, uh, James Cook to be a workhorse back. Yeah, exactly. And that it's, it's, you know, he still can, it's not going to necessarily like the upside is still there because he's, he is an explosive back, but you're talking about floor and a lot of, you know, I know it's, you know, getting close to playoff time, you know, think these last, you know, these, these next couple of weeks are going to decide a lot of things. So, uh, James Cook's floor, I think is not being accounted for in the ranking yep. that that's kind of what I'm getting at, but yep. let's go. Uh, what do you got for me for ETN? Well, I've had some time to think about it a little bit more. Um, my final. Yeah, let's go with this. Uh, my final prop for you is 78 and a half rushing and receiving yards. That, let me, that sounds high. <laughs> that's good. That's actually good. I, I'm okay. I'm pretty close. Um, on average, but my median, my av- that's a, kind of where my average is, but um, the median would knock it down a, a couple yards. So well, the, I'll, I'll go the, under. The median for like a combined rushing and receiving, it, yeah. it's probably going to be closer to your mean because 
it allows for an yeah. explosive play in either the run or uh, yep. pass game. So it's probably closer to just whatever your rush and receiving projections add up to. I mean, I'm still market. below because uh, I'm at oh, 77. What did, what did you have? I'm at 77. Oh, um, so nice. I'm still going under. <laughs> but it, that, that is a good line. But, you know, I, I do have him still projected for, like I'm using kind of a mix of his season long and, you know, since the bye where his carries have gone way down. Uh, percent yeah. carries that is so um i might have to adjust that down a little more because now we have four games where he's really he hasn't yep. he's four games straight he's been under his season average of backfield mm. for the season he's at 72 percent, but since the buy 60 percent, 45 percent, 71 percent, and 58 so when you when you have like four straight you have to kind of adjust the the uh yeah the underlying, you know, prior or baseline, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, either way, yeah, I'll go under. I mean, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Cleveland's defense has been in shambles uh, at, at times, you know, for such a good defense. They'll have these just games where they just melt down um, and give up big plays. So, again, I think you're on the right track with being low on him. Uh, and I think – but I think just like with Cook, it's the floor that's not being accounted for. Mm. Um, with a guy like ETN because with the, you know, if he's not playing his higher percentage of the snaps, obviously he's still capable of busting off an explosive play, scoring touchdowns, but he's also capable of, you know, like 14 touches for 52 yards and, and no scores. Yeah. So, and uh, no scores, right. He's right. been banking on touchdowns this year. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go to wide receiver top five for week 14. Who you got? Uh, Tyree Kill uh, and CeeDee Lamb just right behind him. Uh, then Michael Pittman, uh, Keenan Allen, and A.J. Brown. Ooh, Michael Pittman. I like it. I like that. <laughs> where, where do you have, like, I'm surprised I, Michael, I don't I'm have always, third. I'm always in, I've been in the top <laughs> 10 on Mike for a while, but I don't have him top yeah. 5 yet. He's well, my wide receiver 10, we, 10, 10. But that's also oh, because just a little bit of, um, like I said, weather concerns in this one as well. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, that, that's really I mean, what it at is. At some point, his receiving prop has to be like eight and a half. I think it was Keenan Allen's mm-hmm. receptions prop is eight and a half. I think Pittman's was seven and a half. Uh, but I'm projecting him right around there, right around eight receptions, which is uh, a lot. Okay, yeah, I'm a little bit lower this week. Like this week, I'm at seven three. Um, yeah. Dug into why? Because I'm usually, yeah, I'm usually around around seven and a half, eight. Um, Cause like we've been talking about this every week. I think I had him in our yep. lineup last week and uh, the DFS lineup we built. Yep. Um, he's been, he's had so many, you know, seven, eight catch games. It's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's my wide receiver 10 this week, but love, love the uh, spicy wide receiver three. <laughs> I have Tyreek, CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs. I'm surprised you, no. wait, you said you got Diggs five. Or, or no? No, no. I haven't had Diggs five uh, oh, for like oh, three weeks now. Okay, it okay. broke. It broke my streak of like twenty-seven weeks in a row. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm back to four like with five Diggs. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Um, and then I got Amon Ra number five. Um, and then there was somebody at six who was like right there. It was. I mean, it's Waddle. AJ. No, AJ's right there, and Jefferson's oh. right there too. Uh, but oh. for now, still going with with Amon Ra. But um, you know, AJ's. AJ, it's the Dallas defense is, is is tough, and then Jefferson, it's just tough to project him with Dobbs. Um, you know, it's obviously mm-hmm. not going to be as good as Cousins, so it's 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 a little bit fluid right now. But yeah, I have Diggs four, St. Brown five. Uh, who you hiring? Uh, Jackson Smith Najigba uh, against the Niners. He's my wide receiver thirty six. Mm. Um, and you know Debo in this game, I'm high on too, but everybody is already playing him because uh, it's just a phenomenal matchup for him. Um, but, you know, I think this is also a great spot for JSN. Um, you know, he's been trending up since Seattle's week five bye. Not only is he a rookie and, you know, he's going to get better after the bye. He, he fractured his wrist right before week one. So I don't think he was healthy at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, he's been trending up. So last week he caught seven balls for 62 yards. Um, he had that potential touchdown, right? That I thought he caught it anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, what was that about? <laughs> like he should have had a massive game. I thought that the, 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 you can use the ground to catch the ball anyways. Um, you know, he, he also tends to be uh, better in trailing game scripts or he gets more playing time because the Seahawks use more 11 personnel when they're trailing. So they're 14 point dog. At least I think they're 14 point dogs here 
against the Niners. So he's probably going to see, you know, close to 80% route participation. Um, and San Francisco, you know, they have a good defense, but they do give up, you know, passing yards in garbage time when they're we're up a couple scores. Uh, and they rank 21st in DVOA against number three receivers. Uh, he has the better matchup in the slot against Lenore. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he won't offer, you know, wide receiver two upside as long as, you know, Lockett and Metcalf are, you know, healthy. But I think this week, I think he offers, you know, sneaky low end wide receiver three flex sort of upside just based on the potential trailing game script. And, you know, he was the top wide receiver draft in what's turned out to be just an amazing class. So I just think he's only going to get better. I just think this is one of those weeks where um, even though 30 teams are playing this week, I think we can trust him inside, you know, close to the top 35 this week. Oh, yeah. I'm, you're definitely higher than me. I have him. I'm more in line with uh, consensus. He's 45 in consensus. I have him 43. So I am a little higher. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I was higher on him last week only because I've, I have noticed that he plays the best uh, against man coverage teams. And, da- you know, Dallas is the most like they play the most man coverage. Um, but I'm but I am still higher on him. I think he's still uh, I think he is still on the upswing. And this is yeah, that time a, you want to invest note- in rookies. Yeah, exactly. I think just worth noting that with all the weather this week, yeah. uh, this game looks like it does have perfect weather uh, in Santa Clara. So I think he'll might he might move up your rankings just based on <laughs> the downward adjustments you'll probably be making with all these receivers yeah, playing man. and shit weather that this game does look like a good weather game. Yep, part, 61 degrees, partly cloudy, and only 8-mile-an-hour winds. So yep. uh, nothing to complain about there. It's funny because I think I looked earlier today – and it was they were saying it was like patchy fog or something, but I guess that's out now. Like it's, it's now it's saying it's in just San Francisco. Of, yeah, now it's saying it's just gonna be part oh, of the I, party. I mean, I don't think we could project fog I, seven I, days. I saw <laughs> fog in the forecast. That's how I was like scratching my head. I was like, fog. It's like that I, I can think see it was, was in the, Seattle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh the commander game, I think there was like pretty heavy fog early in the game. Um unless I was like fireworks at the beginning. I I don't know. But it was pretty foggy. You're like the weather wasn't great. Uh, there and it didn't matter, but uh, yeah, San Francisco can be tricky with the fog. Although it's it's not even close to San Francisco. Santa Clara is like yeah, an hour away, Clara, exactly. but yeah, can get um, tricky there. So I got a couple guys, and I, I think the the market's too low on uh, Jamar Chase is the wide receiver sixteen in ECR, and I do want to talk about him because I you know right now he's being ranked below like Nico Collins going against the Jets. <laughs> which listen, I get it, you know, Tank Dell is out, but you're talking about now you can pay, you could essentially treat him like a true, like you could treat Nico Collins like Jamar Chase, and you know, if you're the Jets. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and just, you know, he's being ranked below some, you know, like DJ Moore, who I think is a, still a little bit more boomer bust. Um, Olave, I think is a little more boomer bust. You know, even a guy like Waddle, who's, you know, a number two. So, you know, I have Jamar Chase still as a, as a top 10 wide receiver, as a wide receiver one this week. And I think, you know, maybe the market will catch up after, you know, more people um, kind of adjust for, for him going off on Monday night football. But um, yes, there's some yeah. weather in this game, but that's true of, you know, like I said, like half the league, <laughs> but he's averaging 115 yards on seven and a half catches per game. And the two Browning starts nine targets. Um, yes. He did have some deflections against Pittsburgh, but uh, you know, Browning is, seems capable of getting him the ball. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going too low on Chase because if I'm the Bengals, what am I going to do? I'm just gonna I'm yeah. just gonna figure out ways to get this dude the ball, and I think they're going to continue to do that against uh you know close defense that's not terrible but not great. Uh, and this could be a low scoring, I mean a a, a close game that mm-hmm. uh you know kind of pressures the Bengals to continue to pass once again. So I think I don't think we should like Chase is not a top five guy right now. That's fair, but. I don't really think he should be going much lower than, you know, 10 or 11 uh, at wide receiver. And the other guy is Adam Thielen, and he's been quiet, uh, you know, a couple of weeks now. I know Carolina's a dumpster fire, although they did cover. <laughs> they did get the cover. Uh, <laughs> That's all that matters. For us, my first Carolina bet of the year. Uh, they cashed my win total the week before. I bet on them the next week, and they covered. So nice. <laughs> shout out to the Panthers. But the reason I like Thielen in this spot, and I think – you know, if, if you've been riding him and you might be a little disconcerted and kind of knocking him out, because I, I see him at 29 in expert consensus. So that means, you know, certain leagues, if you start two wide receivers, or even if you're just, if your team is just stacked, which it, if you're, you know, heading to the playoffs, it probably is, you might be thinking of benching him. 
I think he's a solid play this week because New Orleans plays the second most man coverage uh, only behind Dallas. And that's been, it's, you would think it would be the opposite. Um, But Adam Thielen's really struggled against zone coverage. And we've seen that with some of these aging wide receivers, right? Like Allen Robinson had the same issue where he, he was still beating man coverage, but struggling to kind of find the spots in, in the zones and, and things like that. And Thielen this year, 1.2 yards per route against zone, 2.4 against man, double. So a team like New Orleans that plays the you know second most man in the league, uh, you're going to probably see a, a more produ- the more productive version of Adam Thielen. He had seven catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown in the first meeting. You also have uh, the benefit, as you mentioned, of, of an indoor game here, which, you know, there mm. are going to be a lot of wide receivers that just kind of get knocked down due to this, due to the weather and a lot of passing games. Whereas I know this, there's, it ain't much for, in Carolina, but uh, I don't think this is a week where uh, we're expecting a floor game from Theo. And I think this is going to, this is one of, this is one of his better spots, uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of matchup when he averages double his yards per route. So like Theo and have him as wide receiver, 21 so i have him like firmly in that you know yeah bottom low end wide receiver two range whereas a, a lot of people are ranking him uh kind of as a more of a low end wide receiver three yeah and I, i'm closer to you he's my wide receiver 22 but if if he struggles again this week week i would be concerned uh with him just sort of falling off uh yep. and like i said at the beginning of the year i thought he'd be uh bryce young's top target in the first half of the season and be mingo in the second half uh, i still think i'm going to be wrong on that prediction, but the last two weeks, Mingo, uh, he's been the top target, uh, by a considerable amount. Um, so hopefully for Thielen's sake that, that changes soon. Uh, cause it's been a concerning trend. I mean, he is older, right? He's like 33, 34. Like, so it's a concern this late in the season that he's falling off, but I do think he'll bounce back here, but if he doesn't, that's a concern. Like, I think the next two matchups, uh, he should be able to have success in at New Orleans mm-hmm. and then uh, home against Atlanta. But in, oh, yeah. in in week 16 and 17, Green Bay and Jacksonville are are heavy, heavy zone oh, yeah. teams. So he might get you there. Uh, I don't know if he takes you over the top, but he Those should are championship be able to get you weeks there. there. What's up? Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are championship weeks yeah, there. Exactly. Maybe, so uh, that sell maybe high. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think most trade deadlines are passed, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, just kind of a, you know, if looking ahead, if he's your, let's say your wide receiver two or three, and you can like kind of, you know, plan ahead, you know, maybe try to make sure you have uh, at least an, an, another option for those, those two weeks. But I do think the next two, uh, he should have his, you know, yeah. usual high volume games. <clears throat> All right. Uh, who you want? Uh, it's actually Justin Jefferson. Um, and that's just based on my initial projection for this week. I'm wide receiver 18. Whoa. Okay. Um, I'll probably end up closer to you, but at least to start the week, I don't mind being low on him. Uh, obviously if you have him, you know, welcome back. We're playing him, but I think we should lower expectations because he is, you know, returning from a hamstring injury. So they might be a little bit cautious with them. Um, you know, there's always a risk for re-aggravation. Hamstring injuries are always tricky. Um, so, and, you know, Jordan Addison should command a higher target rate this point in the season than when Jefferson, um, you know, was playing. Uh, and TJ Hawkinson's still a target monster. Uh, and you kind of alluded to it, but there, there's just going to be less volume overall without Kirk Cousins. So this is his first start without Kirk Cousins. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm assuming Josh Dobbs is the starting quarterback this week. It's going to, you know, he scrambles more. It's going to be fewer pass attempts overall. So there's just less passing yards to go around there's still a bunch of mouths to feed in this offense so I look I think he's probably one of the best receivers in the game still obviously but I just view him as more of a solid wide receiver two option this week and then maybe next week back to you know top five status but I'm just lowering expectations a little bit this week that's all yeah I I do like when we do our uh we do the the flex um you know our fantasy flex pod for the uh for week 14, we'll break down the main slate. Check that out over on the Fantasy Flex channel. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about him and, and Dobbs there because I do think uh, I do think there's a, a way to kind of play him this week. Um, Interesting. And, and it's it's DFS related, but um, oh nice. Yeah, it's, he does it's, have a high ceiling if that's who you're right, alluding to. If he finishes it is, top receiver, yeah, I won't the, be confused. But. The, the floor is a little more questionable. Yeah, um, not only because we don't 
know exactly where he is injury wise, but also because now you're introducing a new quarterback to the equation as yep. well in in Joshua Dobbs. Um, and I'll have I'll have at some Viking I'll have a kind of Jeff, Jefferson adjacent uh, prop. But nice. before I get into that, uh, I'm low on Deontay Johnson. He is uh, outside of my top forty this week against New England. And the last four games before Matt Canada was fired, Johnson was in on ninety seven percent of the dropbacks. And since Canada has been fired, eighty five percent and seventy five percent. And, you know, he has had some kind of weird moments. I'll, I'll put it that way over the last <laughs> you know, couple of weeks that maybe might have drawn the ear of his coaching staff. And maybe that's why he got pulled a little bit. Uh, but either way, I mean, he's kind of liable to do that. And now you're talking about uh, a total of 30. Uh, you're a home favorite against the Patriots. So, number one, you have a super low implied team total, even though you're a favorite. It's just 18. Uh, number two, you may be in a positive game script because the Patriots, I mean, they just haven't been able to score on anybody. Uh, and then number three, with Pat Fryer moves back, it, it kind of, it's, you know, it's really hard for the, it was hard enough for this offense to support anyone from a fantasy perspective uh, <laughs> all year, period. I mean, that's what happens when you go, what, three, the whole presidential administration without getting 400 <laughs> yards of total offense. But with Pat Fryer move in the lineup this year, the games Fryer move has been active. Deontay Johnson's target rate per route is 21.7%. With Fryermuth out, it jumps to 26%. So, you know, Fryermuth is healthy as far as we know. He's He's been playing. He's back in the lineup. So I think you have to temper expectations for Johnson. Uh, there's He already has next to no touchdown equity. And, and, and you know, I don't, the odds of him scoring, you know, he technically should have had one two weeks ago. And then he had one last week. The odds of him scoring the third time in a row, uh, pretty low here. And, and then there's just no other factor that really stands out. You know, the Patriots have been good, you know, limiting opponents, you know, top wide receivers. Really, they're, they're kind of funneling action to, you know, the non-number one, number two wide receivers, uh, things like that. So uh, I just can't, I, I can't get up to wide receiver 33 for Deontay, which is where consensus has him. Uh, and you're also, you know, Trubisky has looked worse than Pickett um, this year. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of things working against Deontay Johnson here. So he's a guy that if if, if, I, if I didn't have to start him, I would mm-hmm. I, I just think you're kind of you're kind of tempting fate here. And his, his yardage has been down over the last month or so, even though he has gotten in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, Deontay for me is outside my top 40. All right, let's go not with Justin Jefferson this week, but I think the really interesting and just difficult decision is Jordan Addison. Um, yeah. Because somebody has to kind of take a back seat, you know, even if Jefferson's not playing a full complement of snaps or even if he's not 100%. Like, it, you know, this is not Kirk Cousins who was averaging what, like 300 plus passing yards. This is yeah. Josh Dobbs. So, we, you know, maybe, and he has, maybe he has that upside with Jefferson back, but we can't, that's not the median. So, Curious as to what you're doing with Addison's median, uh, assuming Jefferson uh, does suit up this week. Uh, I'll give you 42 and a half receiving yards. Oh, nice. I, I have him projected for 42. So I Me too. say his median's like 37 and a half, uh, I would call it. So I hate I hate betting against him. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with under. But that, that nice. is a good line. I got you to take an Addison under. And, <laughs> I know. I don't like did, it. Did not think um, I would get you to do that. <laughs> yeah, I well, I've, like it's going to be Brandon Powell. Well, obviously the biggest decrease in uh, playing time, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they have Addison line up in the two wide formations. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did uh, when Jefferson was was healthy. So maybe at this point in his rookie season, he may have leapfrogged KJ Osborne. But again, who knows? So I, I do agree. I think he has a low floor this week. Uh, you're probably not playing him. He's outside my top forty five. Uh, he would only be a bet on talent where. He's found a way to score touchdowns even when he had limited playing time and targets. So um, I would only start him if you know you absolutely have to. Yeah, and it's, this is like I said, this the, the Vikings are a really tough projection this week because yeah. a, it's it's not just Jefferson; it's Jefferson plus the change at quarterback. If it was just reinserting Jefferson, 
you know, and you had Kirk Cousins there, I think it'd be a lot easier to just project everyone and just go back to what was going on in the first five games. But but Cousins was playing so well that in the first five games, you know, with Jefferson, Addison had one game where he didn't catch a pass. And, but in the other four, he had at least 52 receiving yards in each game. So that 42 number that we're both projecting is, is significantly lower than what he was doing with Jefferson. But again, mm-hmm. that, that was with Kirk Cousins. So, it, yeah. you know, this, it, it's, it's tough. It, it's tough. And uh, TJ Hawkinson, just, again, a target monster. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to count for those going to the tight end, uh, and then the wide receivers are fighting over scraps. But, yeah, Justin Jefferson, even if he's limited, will obviously command a high target rate. So it's, it's a massive blow to Addison for sure. All right, tight end, who you got in the top five? Uh, I got Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, and Jake Ferguson. Yep, exact same oh, really? uh, order. So yeah, The onesie, onesie yep. positions were right in line. Ferguson <laughs> just narrowly beats out Dalton Kincaid just because, again, Dak has been playing better than Mahomes. Uh, I mean, better than uh, Josh Allen uh, of late, and, and the Cowboys have a much higher uh, team total, so more touchdown equity for, for Ferguson. But, but Kincaid is right there at six for me. I think ECR has them flipped. But uh, who you hiring? And, Nos- and Dawson Knox might return this week, which – might just you know yeah it doesn't seem like it though because i I think congrats to him i think he just got engaged um but that's the news Mm. i'm seeing i'm not seeing the news like oh he's gonna return i'm just seeing oh he got engaged so interesting i mean i mean he could but i feel like we might it would have probably been more imminent so i i haven't seen anything that suggests at least not this week but who knows um but either way i mean i think at this point you're probably gonna kind of ride with this this you know it's been working for them with uh with, with Shakir um you know going back oh, to that yeah. three wide so I, I don't yeah, I don't know if exactly. Max would even go, come back to his full role I think Kincaid might kind of stay at his you know 80 percent routes run yeah he should uh but who you who are you high on at tight end uh I'm doubling down this week on Dave Njoku he's my tight end six uh, against the Jaguars uh so of course when I finally show the guy some love he has his worst game of the season two catches for 17 yards. Hmm. Um, every tight end is, you know, we got to forgive them for one bad game. Only Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, can avoid duds, I guess. But uh, that was his lowest output of the season. Uh, and it wasn't even that bad, to be honest. But I think he bounces back this week uh, against the Jags defense that just got torched by Jake Browning. Um, you know, Joe Flacco had signs of rust, but he looked decent, I guess. Uh, maybe they'll be more pass-heavy you know, with him under center, especially this week. Um, and Joku, uh, you know, could see even more targets if Amari Cooper is limited again. It feels like every game he leaves due to injury. So he might miss this week. Um, so that would just lead to more targets for Joku. Um, I think ECR is just too low on him again here at tight end 11. Um, so again, have to forgive him for his bad game last week. He's right there almost in my top five again. Uh, he's my tight end six to open the week. Yeah, you're you're super high. I'm I'm at tight end nine, so I, I am higher than consensus. But yeah, it's there's there is there is a lot of moving parts with um, you know, kind of not knowing whether Cooper's in or out, the weather, uh, backup quarterback. So yeah, that's why I'm reluctant to put him above a guy like you know Taysom Hill or or somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, would, um, yeah, to be fair, I would I would probably start Taysom Hill over him and Kincaid too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but like a guy a guy like Evan Ingram. With the quarterback situation, that's where it gets dicey. Uh, yep. But either way, I think Joku's in that discussion. Yeah, I have yeah, I have Hill, Kincaid, Hill, and Ingram six, seven, eight, and then the Joku nine, uh, and then the guy I'm high on is Cole Komet, who is my tight end ten, and mm. he's the tight end twelve in ECR. So not a massive difference, but um, you know, tight end there's not always, especially this time of year, probably not going to have these massive. Um, differences in our projections but I do think Komet is not quite getting the respect he deserves from this tight end number 12 ranking he is the tight end six on the season in terms of points per game he has a target rate per out of 20.4 percent which is six among tight ends on the week 14 slate uh and Detroit has allowed six touchdown catches two tight ends which is tied for the third most in the league so Komet did have a, a down game against Detroit a few weeks ago in that matchup, but a lot of times you see those things flip, when, especially when you're not talking about like a, a star player. You know, those, those guys will usually just fall out no matter what, but sometimes the role players, if they have 
a bad game in the first division game. They, they might have a good one in the second one and vice versa. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, with tight ends, you just have to kind of trust the underlying numbers and, you know, can't really get too too cute here. So uh, Cole Komet, top, top six tight end on the season. Don't think he should be outside the, the top 10 this week, especially with uh, Trey McBride on a bye. Mm. He's been, you know, he's been kind of filling a, a top five spot. Yep. This week, and you know, maybe we'll see about Dallas Goddard. Um, but yeah, I think I think Komet is startable this week. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, well, I think we might be in agreement here, but yep. I'm low on Pat Fryermuth. Uh, yep. He's my tight end 19, uh, and of course, you know, week after looking like prime Gronk, uh, he he came crashing back down to earth with a you know a three catch 29 yard game. Uh, his route participation stayed just under 70, percent so mm-hmm. that might be where he stays uh you know for the rest of the season so it's gonna be tough for him to to be consistent such a low pass volume offense with other mouths to feed um and i you know it might not be too big of a drop off from Pickett uh to trubisky but uh this could be you know run heavy game plan for the Steelers because you know the patriots probably won't put up many points so not too much reason to throw here so yeah i think firemuth it looked like he was back in the tight end one discussion but this week He's out of it for me all the way down to tight end 19. Yeah, and a lot of tight end just comes down to routes and touchdown equity. And, you know, with Fryermuth's kind of, you know, he used to be a guy that you could get, you know, high 70s, low 80s in terms of the route participation. And, you know, Pittsburgh usually is projected for over 20 points at least. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, these days – it's a struggle in that Patriot offense. I mean, we, you know, they have the Chargers to six points, you know, and they, they, they've they lost three games where they've held the opponent to, what, 10 points or, or fewer. So this Patriot yeah. defense is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, it's, it's just there's no there's nothing really that uh, to hang your hat on with any Steeler pass catcher, I don't think, this week, you know, especially early in the week when, you, you know, th- there could be some other startable guys that could emerge, especially at a onesie position where you only need to start one one player usually like tight end so um i would not jump the gun and you know if even if i'm in a 12 team league and i know the ecr is number 11 but i agree i'm, I'm number 18 uh at, at tight end for for fryer moves so i'd kind of hold off see what happens see if you can pick somebody up or you know there, there should be a better option out there uh than pat fryer kate otten for example is a guy mm. i would start over uh pat fryer this week just because there's a little bit more touchdown equity. You're getting a lot more uh, routes run as well. All right. Uh, what do you got for the prop? Uh, we're going with Taysom Hill. Uh, <laughs> so total passing, rushing, and receiving yards. Combine them all mm-hmm. uh, against the Panthers. Um, this is a fun number to set. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you gather your <laughs> info yep. here. But uh, I'm setting it at, at a nice... 69 and a half yards for Taysom Hill. <laughs> what do you have? 13 carries for 59 last week, right? You said 69 and, and a half? 69 and a half. Yep. Yeah, I have him. I'm still in the uh, I'm still in the mid 50s. So yeah, I have him significantly. <laughs> He's my tight end seven, but um, it's, you know, a lot of it is touchdown equity. Uh, it's his carries have been, they've been definitely on the upswing. So I am projecting him. Yep for more carries than I would was earlier in the season, but he's been a little bit, a uh, little bit kind of high variance. So yeah, it's <laughs> he's the definition of high. Exactly. Variance, but... <laughs> and, and I mean, with the way tight end is, especially at this point, I think mm-hmm. this is a position where you can, afford, even though he does have a low floor, uh, the ceiling is so high. Like his ceiling is he can put up, you know, like a wide receiver one type week. So yeah. he's the guy that I think is worth starting with the low floor. That's why I have him number seven, but I still do have his yardage uh, in the mid fifties. I have, him, you know, one and a half catches and then about uh, in the route, just a little bit over 30 rushing yards. So about, yeah, like about 40, just under 50 scrimmage yards and then like a six yards passing. So yeah, not quite, not quite at 69 uh, for me. Yeah, if, if you remove week one where he had four, I think he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, his season median is 68, which is insane. That is, yeah, that is pretty good. Um, <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, I, I I do, I break it down, you know, I'm obviously yeah. giving him the share he has of his, he's getting about uh, 3% of the drop back. So I just, you know, whatever that projects out to, it's like about, it's about like one attempt. And then, 
yeah, I think that it's the rushing yards. I, I guess I have got some yards per carry regression because I have him like around. Uh, oh no, I guess I have him four point eight. He's at four point nine, but he's he's averaging twenty nine rushing yards per game. I have him over that, and then what's he averaging? Yeah, he gets a lot more in uh, positive game scripts. Right, they're, they're right. facing the Panthers, so that's why I juice it up a little bit. So I'll, I'll take yeah. I'll take your under action here. I'll okay, take it. Okay. Yeah, I mean I have a pretty significant delta on that actually, so. <laughs> um, I'm not mad at it. I mean, I hate fade and Taysom because, but he is yeah. kind of, you know, it, it, he is a floor guy and he could get like, you know, 20 yard total yards, but two touchdowns. So I'm yeah, true. Pass rush receiving, but yeah, don't bench Taysom this week, guys. Like this is he's no. the tight end. Like after Kincaid, uh, I, there's no tight end. I would rather start. And like, I would, I would not rather start Ingram. I would not rather start. Even I know you having to joke. I would. I actually would rather Hill because I think Hill has. I would a start him over ceiling. Him. Yeah, yeah. That's going to do it for our Week 14 NFL Player Projection episode of the Action Network podcast, presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode. As I mentioned, that's out now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. If you're into betting. You already know my weekly betting preview episode with Stucky will be out every Thursday. Uh, We've been having a really great season. So if you're into betting, be sure to check that out right here on the Action Network podcast channel. And also be sure to check out the Action Network Discord server if you're interested. Uh, Sean is very active on there. You can find the information in the episode description. Sean is on X at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles on a free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.